hi, this is Alina Rubin. I'm the author of A Girl with a Knife, and I'm going to read the first chapter, set in England near Newcastle, early 1800s. The doctor's carriage has arrived more than eight hours ago, according to the clock above the fireplace. The pendulum, in a wave-like motion, dismissed each second without a care. Eloise paced the length of her chamber as if she were a prisoner in a cell. Her maid, Ivy, and her governess, Miss Sampson, checked on her from time to time and had already brought her breakfast and dinner. They reminded her to be patient and to stay out of the way. She obediently remained in her room and did not pester anyone with her questions. A few times she thought of throwing something at the clock to make it tick faster. An hour ago, two midwives rushed past her room carrying basins with water, their faces strained with tension. Mother's wails chilled her body. To calm herself, Eloise imagined rocking a baby in her arms like, she, like the caring 14-year-old big sister she soon would be. The scream ceased for several minutes, hallelujah. With her pulse beating in her ears, she listened for a baby's whimpering. When the quarter of an hour had passed, and with no discernible cry from the mother or the baby reaching her ears, her stomach lurched. Unable to wait any longer, she bunched her skirts and crept towards her mother's bedroom. Hi, I'm Carly, and this is the Library Scoop, the official podcast of the Niles Main District Library. In this episode of the Library Scoop, I interviewed author Alina Rubin. Alina got her start with creative writing during the pandemic and used the Creative Writing Club here at the library as a resource while writing her book, A Girl with a Knife. In this episode, we'll talk about her book, her writing process, and how the library can help others looking to get into creative writing. So thank you so much for coming, Alina. It was really cool to hear you read from your own book. I really enjoyed doing that. Um, So tell me how you got your start as an author. Very recently and very suddenly. Just uh, February of 2021, I never thought I'd be an author, but uh, I was home uh, because of pandemic, having Mm -hmm. a little more time without the commute. And I started watching uh, historical dramas and miniseries, and it just got me some ideas in my head after watching especially Hornblower. That was one of the series I really enjoyed. And I imagined this character, a young woman who is a doctor at the time where there were very few doctors, actually no women doctors. And uh, one morning I got up and just uh, was felt this real desire to start writing and see what happens. And uh, that's kind of how it began. Wow, that's really cool. It's, you know, there's a lot of things about the, the pandemic that obviously were a struggle, but there's a lot of people like yourself who found their passion for something. And I think that's really cool. I think that's a great silver lining to a really, you know, tragic uh, and difficult event. Um, So A Girl with a Knife is about a young woman in the 19th century who dresses as a boy to attend medical school. What was the inspiration for this book? So I realized I'll have to come up with some kind of a backstory for my character. How did she become a doctor? In fact, I wrote a whole manuscript, but I really didn't do a good job of explaining it. I thought that uh, her mentor, Dr. Pesci, might have wrote her a recommendation letter, and that's how she got to medical school. And then when I showed that manuscript to uh, beta readers, basically, first readers who know the genre, know something, uh, how historical fiction is written, I got feedback that's not going to work. <laughs> you need to have a better story that's believable that how she could be a doctor. And uh, with some research, I realized there are only two paths she could have taken. One, she had a mentor, somebody teach her, but then she 
her knowledge is limited. She'll know only as much as her mantra, and she really doesn't have a path into medicine, maybe just as his assistant. Or second, if she disguised herself as a man and went to medical school, which I immediately thought would be a great story. I researched if somebody has actually done it, and yes, there was a person named James Berry, all his life known as a great physician, the first uh, doctor to do a cesarean section in the English world. And uh, only at his desk, people found out that it was a woman all along. That's so really that, cool. Yes, exactly. And it made me think, well, one person did it, somebody else could have done it. Yeah, absolutely. There are a lot of medical terms and procedures described in this book. Um, I imagine that took a lot of research to do, especially because they're not just modern techniques. They're from, you know, way back when. Uh, how did you research all of that? I looked for books about famous surgeons of the time, like John Hunter, Joseph Lister, a lot of terms uh, in the description of the hospital, what it was like at the time came from there. I looked at what works of other authors, how they described. Many are not very detailed about surgery. It's kind of like the doctor sets up the surgery and then, oops, you know, here's went, went to black, you know, and then, <laughs> then the, the patient's waking up or, or dying, <laughs> hopefully the former. Uh, but some uh, authors do do good a good job of describing. And also I found articles written in 1840s, 1850s, provincial medical magazines there online. And when you find a good case from there, that's excellent because then you know exactly the terms they used and the doctors were very descriptive at the time of exactly what they did, how they did bloodletting and uh, giving uh, calomel powder to like uh, make the, you know, to to cleanse the body they, you know even mm-hmm. when the person is bleeding they're like no first thing <laughs> give the calomel to you know to cleanse the bowels so that wow. was so important <laughs> yeah and this and describe the surgery with all the tools and everything wow it makes you very yeah. thankful to be <laughs> living today <laughs> instead of back then um can you tell me the process of self-publishing a book what was that like it's actually pretty straightforward with amazon kdp if you're doing a backpack, you'll need to buy an ISBN. There's only one company that sells them legitimately. Other than that, uh, you write your manuscript. Hopefully, you worked with a cover artist and with an editor to, you know, to polish up the language, and then you format it for an ebook and format it for a paperback, and you upload it to KDP and answer a lot of questions such as what would be the category for your book, what would be the keywords, and there's a lot of literature to help you to find the best keywords and the categories. You set your own price, you make all the decisions, you're like, you're the entrepreneur if you're producing your own book, and then you hit publish and it's out there in the world. Wow, that's really cool. (laughs) Um, How did you find your cover artist? The cover of the book is so cool. I joined a lot of Facebook groups for authors and I asked for advice and looked at their covers. I thought what they liked and I found a company, this is actually from a Ukrainian company, luckily just before the invasion they yeah, finished wow. the cover. And I, and I am in touch with them. They are still up and running in business. Oh, good. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so thankfully. Uh, and uh, even the ideas for what would be on the cover came from one of my readers. Uh, she said she, she showed me a cover where there was this figure like just like that, like um, a girl in a dress, but you don't see the face, and she's holding a, bir- a bird. And mm-hmm. she said, well, your character could be holding a scalpel or a knife. Uh, so I sent that idea to the company, and they sent back this cover of a modern nurse with her uh, dress all in blood holding a scalpel. And it looked scary. It was like, <laughs> but be 
write for the like a horror story. So I had to go back and explain, no, this is historical fiction. And I sent uh, some pictures of dresses at the time. And uh, with some trial and error, we came back with this cover. Also, I worked with uh, author groups. They gave me feedback if they could see the font clearly, if uh, uh, how she's holding the scalpel. So, and uh, that's how we came up with this cover. Wow, that's really cool. Um, also, congrats. Uh, you are a finalist for the soon-to-be-famous 2022 Manuscript Challenge or Contest. Uh, can you please explain what that contest is and what the process of entering it was like? I heard about this contest here at the Niles Library. I was visiting the children's section with my daughter, and uh, she was chatting with one of the librarians. So I asked her, what does it take to get a book into the library? And uh, she told me about this contest that uh, it helps uh, make the book more visible to libraries. And at the time, I had the manuscript, but it wasn't edited, which is exactly what the contest was looking for. So I sent it in and uh, was made one of the three finalists in Illinois. Yeah, that's so exciting. What library resources would you recommend to a patron who maybe wanted to start writing their own book? Actually put some notes together because that's a very good question. <laughs> the first thing I said, I thought um, should join Niles Library Writing Club. Mm -hmm. So it meets uh, once a month virtually. You can be anywhere, don't have to be Niles. And I love that club most of all because you get great feedback on your work. And there are people with all kinds of talents, uh, screenwriters, playwriters, poets, uh, songwriters, uh, short stories. Uh, and you, everybody brings something they wrote, and we, we critique each other and give each other feedback. You get very interesting ideas. You realize that what you thought was great may be very confusing to people who have not seen your work before. So you learn that you need to do a better job of explaining to somebody who may not have read um, again, the story before. And you also get cadence. You know, you now you now know that every month you have need to have something written. Also, with the uh, encourage you to check out books in the Niles Library, such as Stephen King's On Writing. It's great inspiration for writers. It's his story. He shows that he started very humbled. He had lots of rejections until he found success, and that he gives great ideas and suggestions about how to write better. If you're interested in writing a novel, my suggestion is to write, to, to read uh, Jessica Brody's Save the Cat Writes a Novel. Great book about how to structure a novel. I did not read that book at first. At first, I kind of wrote my ideas, and I think that's good. You know, if you're kind of burning to write, just go ahead and start writing. But when you need some help shaping this into a novel, which has a climax, it has kind of the falling action, all these uh, parts of a novel you might have heard about in high school, this is a great book to help you shape and have the flow and uh, kind of have the action and uh, uh, release in the right places uh, to, sh to put it all in a novel. And another book I really love is Polishing Your Prose by Harmony Kent. It's a great book about writing style, grammar, how to write dialogue, which is a lot of us who wrote in high school and college, we don't really know how to write the dialogue text. It's not often done in research papers or academic writers that we do. So you learn how to, how to do it correctly. Or another classic similar one is Elements of Style by William Strunk. I prefer Harmony Kent. She's a modern woman editor, a little easier to read for me, but both are great, great resources. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, I'll make sure to link some of those books in our show notes so that people can come check it out. Um, so where can people find your book? 
It's on Amazon as an ebook in a paperback. If you're a part of the Kindle Unlimited, uh, you can get that uh, book for free uh, as part of that program. Or it's also in the Niles Library and the Glenview Library, so it, you can check it out there. Definitely. Um, so this is a historical fiction book. Um, do you have any other historical fiction books you recommend that you really like? If you like this, the stories of an early women doctors, my inspiration was uh, Audrey Blake's uh, A Girl in His Shadow. I read it as I was uh, writing this, and uh, to me it was like the standard of how detailed I should be with uh, medical scenes. And there's a sequel out now called The Surgeon's Daughter. Both are great books. I, I love the historical fiction genre about strong women. There are many new books that came out. I hear a lot about Lessons in Chemistry or Her Hidden Genius. I, I hear those are wonderful books. And I am, um, I read so many, but right, right now to me, the Audrey Blakes are kind of the first that coming to, to mind, but uh, it's good to, if this is a genre you wanna write, you absolutely should know it and read a lot. And generally read a lot, read as much as you can. I try to write in the mornings and to read in the afternoon after work. Nice, that's and a good practice. A lot. <laughs> so your daughter is also a writer and a reader, and we see her here at the library all the time with you. Um, can you tell us about how your work as an author has affected her and um, her writing and her reading? It was actually <laughs> so fun to see her want to write because I'm writing. She is so good at just coming up with ideas. She's not as good about sitting down and writing because that takes some patience, but she did start writing a mystery and I thought it had a great plot and she talks about herself being a writer or being an author someday. And she reads a lot and she joined the Battle of the Books. I think that was also an inspiration for her that um, she sees that I'm reading a lot. And uh, she is very interested in reading my book. I don't mind that. Uh, just maybe the language is a little, a little hard for her. She's 10. But a couple of times she gave me, she wanted to give me ideas. For example, uh, somebody told me that I should start showing Ella how intelligent she is a little early on. And so we can believe that she was doing so well in medical school. And my daughter started giving me ideas how she's going to talk to the doctor and mention that she knows a lot and that she's reading a lot. So I use her ideas kind of where she says to the doctor like, that she had tutors in biology and chemistry. So that idea actually came from my daughter. That's so cool. What kind of books does she like to read? I know you said she's writing a mystery. What mm -hmm. kind of books does she enjoy reading? She actually enjoys Sharon Draper very much. Uh, out of my heart, out of my mind, those are her favorites. Uh, she also really liked um, uh, because of Vindixie and the other books by that author. I'm trying to remember her name. Yes, yeah, so just great, all kinds of children's literature for her age. Uh, she, she has enjoyed and uh, found a lot of great books in the in here in the library. That's awesome. Does she do any writing like with friends or does she do any like kind of, you know, creative writing stuff like that? Or is it just kind of like a solo? She's just doing it because she enjoys that you do it. I think she, she's doing it solo for now, but she recently wrote a poem and she asked me to bring it to our next uh, writing club meeting. So I'm going to do that for her. Oh, that's she's awesome. She's going to read it out loud for them. Oh, I love that. Good. So you mentioned that you were in a Facebook group for writers, which is how you got your cover artist, which is mm -hmm. very cool. Um, I guess what kind of other Facebook groups are you in and how has that benefited you as a writer? So... I'm part of a lot of uh, groups. My favorite is Moms Who Write. It's a very supportive group. 
when I finished writing my manuscript, I was kind of like, okay, what am I supposed to be doing now? I didn't know where to go next. And it's through those groups I got some ideas and the suggestions were to start showing the manuscript to other readers. And also I found my editors through one of the groups. And I see questions all the time from people like, how do I, you know, how to get ideas, what to do next, where to find a cover artist or an editor, or all kinds of questions that we support each other with. So I think Facebook groups are very helpful at this time of this, um, ideas for authors. And sometimes people just don't even have a question. They just kind of need the support of, you know, maybe they have a writing block or something is happening in their life and they just kind of need to talk it out with other people who will understand the, their challenges. Uh, and uh, I think that's great that um, authors are a very supportive group. We really do not compete with each other because a reader can read all of our books. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, there is no reason to compete. And we share knowledge. Uh, uh, in November, I'm going to go to a writer's conference in Las Vegas. And that's a big idea for this conference is to how to support each other as writers and how to give each other marketing ideas. So how can we sell our books better? You know, we, we talked to very successful authors who are self-published authors who made fortune-selling books, and they, they're there to share ideas, their ideas. That's so cool. What's the conference? Like, do you know what it's called? Uh, 20 Books to 50K is the name of their group, uh, and uh, they have conferences in Europe and in November in Las Vegas. Wow, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. um, and then where did you find your beta readers? Are those, Were they just like friends and family, or did you go through these Facebook groups to find people to read your book? I started with friends and family. I found that friends and family usually just say, oh, wow, you're so great. You're, I can't believe you're writing. They <laughs> <laughs> real feedback about what I'm doing wrong, except uh, one of my friends, uh, she found that uh, in my first manuscript, uh, uh, Ellie's arguing with Dr. Pasha. She says she wants to be a surgeon, and kind of in one argument, she wins the argument, and he's like, "Okay, yes, you, I, you know, I'm gonna hire you to help me." And she was like, "Like, you know, I don't think that's very realistic. Usually, most men are kind of, you know, if I'm saying no, it's a no. You're, you know, you're a 15 year old girl, and I'm not just gonna agree with you." So that kind of gave me good ideas that when I, when my character wants something, it should come with good amount of effort. Uh, other than that, I found the best feedback from um, beta readers who are in writing groups. Many are aspiring writers. Nice. Were any of them from the Niles uh, creative writing group? I know you said you brought stuff to them. Do you, how much do you bring to them? Do you bring like a chapter? Do you bring um, a passage? How much do you bring to the writing group to talk about? For a while, our rule was uh, two or three pages, mm. but we changed the rule and now a chapter is okay. So they definitely are my readers. And whenever I bring something, I get great ideas for them. But it, you know, because we meet every month, it was not, it was a little too much to bring the whole novel. Mm -hmm. So most of my beta readers, they're, they don't live in Illinois, they live somewhere else. I have readers from Australia, from Canada, from England, and the United States. And uh, so they're, they're just very passionate about writing. And I often read their writing while they read mine. That's so cool. I love that that's kind of a, everybody's helping each other. That's really, that's really awesome. When is book two coming out? I think early next year. I'm about halfway through the first draft, uh, kind of writing the midpoint. I also wrote another book I totally did not predict I'll be writing. I th thought a lot about Abigail, who is a minor character in the book. She's a patient, uh, an orphan. I thought I'll write a novella about her, but it <laughs> went to be a full novel. And so I, I wrote that first draft and I kind of put it away. I think I'll come back to it after 
writing the second book about Ella. Thanks so much to Alina Rubin for talking with me. You can find Alina's book both at our library and at the Glenview Public Library, or on Amazon where you can read it for free with a Kindle Unlimited subscription. Check out the show notes to find links to some of the resources we discussed, including the Creative Writing Club, which is meeting next on August 17th. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next month. Okay, go ahead. I look up in the sky, all I see are clouds. I wish that I could fly and could hear all the sounds. I look up in the sky, all I see are tears of rain. I wish that I could cry because I feel the endless pain. I look up in the sky, I see the smiling sun. It makes me feel so happy, all I want to do is run.